0: September 30th, 2023, Showtime pay-per-view. Canelo is back. He's defending all his 168-pound title belts against Jermell Charlo, the undisputed junior middleweight champ, soon to not be the undisputed middleweight champ, junior middleweight champ. This is Deep Waters. We're going to talk about some of Canelo's toughest fights. I'm George Jakovic, alongside the champions Chris Algieri and Pauly Malinaji. You guys have seen all these Canelo fights uh, Pauly, we're going to go back to September 14th, 2013, Floyd Mayweather and Canelo. Canelo got the loss. Although a judge, I believe one of the judges had it a draw. Uh, tell, Ross. Me, tell me about Mayweather and Canelo. CJ Ross, I believe it was, right? DJ Ross. You're right, Paulie. Yeah. CJ Ross. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, she was forced to retire after that,
1: uh, after the heat she got, uh, after that, uh, draw call she had made. Um, I remember actually working this fight, G. I remember that uh, you know I, I had had not been working at Showtime for that long. I think it was the it, it was it was one of the earlier fights that I worked uh, at least in the first year. Was it 2014? You said so. Yeah, it was about a year or two. So um, yeah, I, I remember thinking that you know Canelo was had grown in experience, but it was going to be a little too much too soon and that's how it really turned out to be but I think Canelo got better after the experience I think he learned I think he improved since and I think sometimes those are the kind of experiences you need to get better you know everybody focuses on the O so much but in reality you, know, you go through an experience like that against such a uh, a Picasso over the ring like Mayweather, there's things you're gonna take out of that fight regardless of uh, of whether you're gonna uh, get beat or not. And and it was a risk-free fight in the terms of that he wasn't gonna get hurt. Mayweather was naturally smaller, Canelo's a naturally bigger guy, so he'll he'll outbox you, but he won't hurt you, he won't damage you for the future. And I think it was uh it was it was well played. Listen, the fight had to happen because of the popularity of the two, and uh, you know, you didn't want the you didn't want the ship to sail because Mayweather was getting a little up there in age and so they made it they made it at that time and it was what it was but uh i i think it was certainly a difficult fight for for Canelo. the result shows that uh i don't you know the the judge actually that had her to draw cj ross was criticized so badly that she did have to wind up just quit because she's quitting because she couldn't handle it imagine imagine these judges they can't handle being criticized for bad scorecards imagine how we got to feel they put themselves <laughs> in our shoes they I mean, they can't handle being criticized for for the scorecards imagine being criticized when you're fighting when you're doing right. the fight you've double the stress so that, the, the people like that make me laugh to begin with but regardless um it ultimately uh uh Canelo got better from this that's the bottom line you know it was a it was a good it was a, a a fight a good fight to make uh it made a lot of money for everybody it made sense financially and like i said most importantly it was a fight Canelo was going to lose but he wasn't going to get hurt because of the size difference and ultimately it made him better and it led to him to what what he ended up becoming
2: champ you, you say it's risk free but we live in the era of the o you got to have the O. Oh, and a lot of guys are not willing to take those risky fights, even though you're not going to get hurt. Like you said, he wasn't going to get hurt against Mayweather. He still was risking the loss and, and, and losing that undefeated record. And he, and he obviously he did. And this is one of the reasons why I like Canelo so much is because he was willing to risk it so young. He caught that loss and still became the face of boxing. I I, I really want to kind of press this to the young guys. Like I, We were all living, living got to be undefeated, got to be undefeated, got to be undefeated. Yeah, some of us do. I needed to be undefeated to get my world title shot. I wasn't going to get that shot if I didn't have that O because that's what they were using me for. That was what got me the title fight. But guys, other guys, you don't necessarily have to. We talked about Juan Manuel Marquez, whose 50th birthday was a few days ago. He started his career out with a, with a loss, you know. So you, you don't necessarily have to have the O. And I love that about about Canelo Alvarez, who's willing to take that risk early. And I absolutely agree. He got so much better from that loss. It, it really changed his style. It's almost as if Canelo went into that fight like. Yeah, like young and brash. Like I can win this fight. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big. I'm strong. I'm explosive. He's getting old. He's getting slower. And then he was, he was completely befuddled by the defensive wizardry, wizardry of of Canelo. That he was like. By uh, Mayweather, rather, he was like, man, I got to I got to I got to learn some of these tactics. And he's been a defensive wizard ever since. I mean, his shoulder rolling, his counter punching has been phenomenal. And it's one of the reasons that he's done so well. If he's higher weight classes, he has that speed advantage and he has good enough defense that even though the guys may hit harder than him, they're not really landing clean because he's got that that slick upper body rhythm. And he didn't have that until he fought Mayweather. So, yeah, I definitely agree. He learned a lot from that loss. And I think that's 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 testament to him as, as an athlete. And I think a lot of young fighters can learn a lot from, from these kind of situations where we see these guys, even in a loss, they, they they learn from it, get better, and still go on to do great things.
0: And you know what a lot of boxing fans can learn? Watch Pro Box TV's Wednesday Night Fights. Wednesday Night Fights always has good fighters and great fights. And here's a look. Wednesday Night fight.
2: Hey guys, make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights here on Pro Box TV. We got great action fights, 50-50 matchups and all-out wars throughout. We have consistently put on the best fights
1: around. Good fighters, great fights on your boxing channel with a star-studded cast bringing you the fight. Myself, Chris Algieri, the former World Champion, and of course, Mike Goldberg.
2: So make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights for all the action.
3: As Goldie likes to say, here we go. This Wednesday, September 6th, live from the Pro Box Event Center in Plant City, Florida, it is Wednesday Night Fights. Featuring Hot Rod Roddivoy Kalajic versus Mickey Ellison. Get your tickets at ProBoxTV.com or take your chances at the door. Wednesday Night
0: Fights. Man, you guys are pros, by the way. You know, that's unscripted. If anyone's watching that, that's Chris and Paulie. These guys know Pro Box. They know what Pro Box is all about. They know what to say. It's another great one. September 6th. Cannot wait for that one. Um, just to really button up the Mayweather fight, Chris, I was like you. I I, I thought that Mayweather was going to win that fight pretty easily, um, and he did. But the main thing that you guys stressed, Canelo learned from those fights. So let's move on to his first two fights with Triple G. They were in 2017 and 18. Uh, Paulie, I thought that canelo lost that first triple g fight was a draw he won a close decision in the second one what did you take from those fights with triple g I took, out of those fights with
1: Triple G, the same thing I take in in all of boxing and all the years that I've been involved with it. Follow the money, like Teddy Atlas likes to say. The money wins. I thought Canelo actually lost both fights. Uh, He just made it more competitive the second time around. And so he... uh, You know, it's funny because the people that... For me, the people that were saying, oh, he won the second fight. He didn't win the first fight, but he won the second fight. No, he just... Got beat up a little bit less in the second fight. Didn't mean he actually won the second fight. For me, he lost both fights. As a matter of fact, the only guy that got hurt in the second fight was uh Canelo with that right hand from Triple G late in the fight. Uh it was a good fight, though. It was a good adjustment. You know what I like Canelo making the adjustment in the second fight? Uh he tried to hold his ground, come forward. Uh, and and, and he forced, you know what I, the thing I didn't like about the criticism to go off and got in that fight was because Golovkin said, OK, yeah, fight like a Mexican style. So then he ended up having to back off and Canelo stuck to the, to the guns and fought, fought Mexican style, planted center of the ring and fought that technical center of the ring style, planted his feet. But Golovkin, nobody took into account the adjustment Golovkin made. Canelo made a great adjustment from fight one to fight two in, in terms of not going backwards, coming forward and pressing it. But Golovkin started boxing on the back foot with a beautiful jab in the second fight, you know. So it, the thing that gets lost in the appreciation of these two fighters and this rivalry, especially when it was at that time when they were both better, um, it was that there it was a a battle of two fights and it was a battle of adjustments. And People got so caught up into watching what Canelo does that they're actually not watching that both guys are adjusting to each other. It was high IQ chess at a light speed, and that's what boxing is really. And uh, that's what I took out of both. It was a fight that I really fights. It was a rivalry that I could really appreciate. Of course, Canelo tip as he likes to do. Typically, he blew it again by making the third fight 10, 100 years later, one when it went mm-hmm. worthless. Um, but you know that's uh, unfortunately what we had to eat. But. Uh, what well, we have, we as a fans, had to eat that, but uh, for the first and second fights, I mean, really, really high level boxing,
2: yeah. I, I, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, I had Triple G winning that first fight, winning it closely, and I feel really bad for him because I mean, that that's part of his legacy now. He's he's you know, oh, two and one against Canelo at this point. Um, but I actually did have Canelo win the second fight. I, I did a deep dive on both of these fights, scored them over and over again. Because uh, I was getting ready for the, triple, the third fight, which I was still excited about, because like Paulie likes to say, we're all suckers and we love we love <laughs> boxing so much. It doesn't the matter how suckers. how long we wait, doesn't matter how old guys get, we still get excited when they're going to fight. So even though that third fight, like you said, was a hundred years too late, I was super excited for it. And I did a deep dive on the first two fights. <laughs> Those first two fights were so awesome. They were, I mean, like you said, high level chess. Um, I saw a, a a special cut from the second fight of both guys, and they just, they they clipped all the spots of all the great defensive maneuvers that each guy made, and it's like a minute long of them just missing each other, like beautiful combinations, and they're just, they're just so deftly missing and grazing and sliding and rolling, they're both so good, and this is one of the things that I said about, um, that I've been saying about Canelo going into this uh, Jermel Charlo fight, Canelo's, everything he does is so eye-catching and he understands how judging is he understands how the crowd is he understands what his persona and his aura is and he fights in a particular way that helps him helps him win rounds so even rounds that are that maybe are super close or razor thin or whatever. it's just the, the way that he fights and triple G is the opposite. Triple G is super subtle. Everything he does, like you talked about his jab, like you said in the second round, that second fight, you know, even his jab was, he was really good off his back foot. His jab's always good. He's got one of the highest percentage landed jams in the game today. His jab has been, his, I think one of his best and most cons- definitely his most consistent weapon all, uh, all um, uh, throughout the years, but everyone always remembers the power shots. He's got those killer overhand rights. He hits you with that left hook on top of the head and knocks guys out. But really, it's the jab that sets everything up and really neutralizes everyone. showed a great jab in the second fight against Canelo. Um, but the difference was, you know, like you said, there were, uh, Canelo came forward in that fight. And he's got those eye-catching shots. So a lot of that can steal some of those closer rounds. But all in, I mean, incredible, incredible stuff. Super high-level chess between two guys who were good at everything at that point. They were both superstars. And, I mean, it, it was one of the best matchups that we've, we've seen in, in, in many years. Um, unfortunately, the third fight was the third fight. But uh, I'd like to I'd like to strike strike that one from the record if we can, and just talk about the first right. two because they were they were excellent.
1: And and if we're gonna criticize Canelo, you know he's not the only one that did this. You know I'm not gonna just criticize Canelo. You know uh, Ray Leonard beat Tommy Hearns. By the skin of his teeth and then waited eight or nine years to give him a a rematch. So, you know, it's not it's not just Canelo who does this. It's unfortunately when the guy has the chip, bigger chip, chip, bigger chip stack on his side and he has the momentum and he has, uh, you know, the bigger name in boxing and he can control the, the politics of it. Unfortunately, they'll take advantage of it, and it's not you know they play it their way instead of playing it fairly. So you know Ray Leonard did this at Tommy Hearns too, which, which is you know which nobody talks about because it's not my generation, so it's not my gen- my it's not my problem to, to 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 complain about it. I'll complain about things in my generation, you know. If this and, was and sparring
0: I, session, Paulie, that's my generation. So you would have yeah. lost that round because I'm a Ray <laughs> Leonard guy. So you would have lost that I, round if this I mean, was sparring session. I mean, I'm a Ray Leonard guy too. I'm, I know I'm, you are. I'm a great, I'm are. a great fighter
1: guy. You know, I I I love both of those guys. I love, you know, I love all I love all I love that whole generation, you know. But of course, if I could have seen Leonard and Hearns two right away instead of right. 1989, I mean, dude, I, just, I mean, granted, I wouldn't have seen a lot because I was born around that time. But what you you know get, you get what I'm saying. If we had that on the record six months later. I mean, yep. like like we had Leonard and Duran right away, you know, Leonard got his rematch with Duran. Why? Because Leonard carries all the momentum. He carries all the leverage, you know? So Leonard got his rematch with Duran, but Hearns was not able to get his rematch with, with Leonard until years later when it would, when it didn't really matter anymore, you know? And even well, that, talking- all, all, all-
2: all in a perfect world, and boxing is certainly not a perfect world. And and George, you alluded to us being unscripted. We're never scripted. And, we're not scripted and we're so right much now. We gotta no, about no, no, exactly. we So this is exactly what I'm talking about. So so Paulie mentioned you know the guy with the with the with the bigger chip stack. We were talking about the movie Rounders off air, and, and then now it comes right into here. That's how unscripted we are. Our off air conversations bleed into this and, <laughs> and make, make poignant points.
3: Well, yeah. listen.
1: And, and I'll tell you what. I got one more thing. I got I'm not finished. This is scripted. I'm not finished, finish. finish G. You know what's funny? All speaking of the boxing politics, you know, I can remember Canelo's name being mentioned before I knew who he was, before I saw him fight. I can remember Yep. showtime doing a, a mayweather opponents list when we were when we were just we just signed sh- uh, mayweather at, at showtime and it was like a mayweather opponents list and it was this 19 year old kid S- saul alvarez actually it might have been hbo before he went to showtime it was actually it might have uh, yeah it was jim lambert you're I right it. i was watching it and he's like saul alvarez i'm like who the hell is saul alvarez Where, what are <laughs> we like, we're talking about mayweather who's been number one pound for pound and you're naming this kid who never even heard of yet i'm like what what is this guy talking about? So it's so weird how how boxing kind of starts to create its stars before that. Sometimes it hits, it, sometimes it doesn't. With Canelo, obviously they hit it big, but I remember you know Adrian Broner being on the pound for pound list before he did anything. You know what I'm saying? And that didn't hit big. What you know? It's it's weird how they try to script their Hollywood style, and, and because it, it's you can't. It's difficult to script sports no
0: matter how hard they try.
2: Well, we're talking. I got, now I got, got a good story space. about. I got a good story about Saul, but I'm not going to tell it now until I have to hold that because,
0: Chris, uh, we, we've been telling people subscribe, like, comment. Pro Box TV is your bo- boxing channel for a reason. Here's a little taste of what's to come on Pro Box TV
3: Pro Box TV is your boxing channel. There's nothing else like this in boxing. We are a 24-7 boxing streaming network dedicated only to the sweet science. We provide boxing fans daily news delivered in print and in a never-before-seen video format from our state-of-the-art studios in Florida. Along with daily talk shows every weekday, we also produce our own fights with our Wednesday night fight series where we invite the best fighters who didn't make the cut for Showtime, ESPN, or DAZN, and wanna prove they belong in the big ring. But there's a catch. They have to fight each other. No easy wins. That's right, 50-50 matchups. As we like to say, good fighters in great fights. Three events per month, 40 per year. Now we aren't a promoter. We don't promote boxers. We don't compete with the championship networks. We cover and promote them all. We believe boxing should act as one and avoid being fragmented. We represent the fans and what they want. We promote boxing. We are your boxing channel. We are ProBox TV.
0: We are Pro Box TV indeed. Before we move on, Chris, I know you had a, a Canelo story that you wanted to tell. So the floor is yours.
2: No, 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 no. no. Well, I'm going to follow it once we get into something. I I, planted it amongst some of the fights ah, that are coming up. So.
0: See? 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 He, see? So you scripted it, Chris. You you knew when it was Planning going to Planning and come.
2: scripting are different. Planning and okay. scripting are different. I'm thinking you know ahead. I, we're playing chess here, guys. We're talking about chess. So I'm, I'm That's thinking a good moves point. ahead.
0: Good point. So, uh, Chris, we're going to talk about the uh, – the Cotto fights that Canelo had back in 2010. He fought Jose Miguel Cotto in 2015. He fought his brother, the more well-known Miguel Cotto. Here's my little story. When he fought Jose Cotto, Chris and Paulie, this is, I think I'm a guy who knows boxing. I'm watching this 19 year old kid get rocked by Jose Miguel Cotto in the first round. I'm saying, this guy's got no chin. As soon as he goes up against someone that can crack, he's getting knocked out. Well, that shows you how much I know because Canelo is who Canelo is. So Chris, uh, these Cotto fights, tell me a little bit about your perspective on them. Just to touch on what
2: your point, now he's got one of the best chins in boxing. Exactly. You, you saw this kid get hit early on, and now he literally has one of the best chins in the sport. Um, so this this is directly into that story that I wanted to tell about Saul. So we don't think of Canelo as Saul Alvarez, but that's what his name is. So I I was a uh, avid fan of of Ring Magazine. I had a monthly subscription. I used to get them all the time. And there was a big rollout on Saul so Alvarez when he fought Leonardo a former foreign partner and friend of mine. Um, he had a tough fight with Leonardo. They went the distance. I believe they fought in Mexico City, which is I, I mean, that might have been his last Mexico Mexico City fight before now. This 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 past uh, fight with um, uh, Ryder. with the with the Brit yeah with the British guy. Um, so uh, John Ryder. So, Rider, yeah. uh, I remember reading this big spread and having this, this Saul Canelo Alvarez. I'm like, man, a redhead of Mexican. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're talking very glowingly about him. And just like you said, Paul, like, like he was something before he was anything kind of thing. Cause the people were, were rolling out the red carpet already for him and putting him in massive spreads in ring magazine. And, uh, so I remember uh, I was sparring, I was training out of a gym in Las Vegas and, We were trying to get sparring and one of the local coaches goes, we got this uh, new golden boy prospect that you can go work with. You know, he's at 47. I was 540. He was like, yeah, better be good work. We go in and I'm with my coach and I go, I see, I see a redheaded Mexican. I go, Hey coach. I mean, that's, that's Saul Alvarez. And he goes, he looks at me, stops me. He goes, he's like, like, as if it was some, like, it was some monster. And he's like, he's like, are we good? I'm like, yeah, no, we're good. (laughs) We're fine. Let's go, let's go work. So we go, we spar and uh, we had a good day. And then uh really good day. And and they were great. They were super, um, super respectful, super professional, everything. And I think he was 19 at the time. And uh, I couldn't believe he was 19, by the way. I mean, he had a neck like this and big wrists and a very, very mature 19 year old. And, uh, they were like, okay, come back to spar on Thursday, but you're not going to spar with, with Saul. You're going to, you know, spar with another guy. Okay, cool. So I come and I spar three rounds with the other guy. Then I do more rounds with, with Sewell. So they have they want to move, they want to tire my legs out a little bit before, <laughs> before I got him with him because I was, I was moving on him too much in boxing. But, um, but that was for his fight with Jose Miguel Cotto. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the fight now. I'm in Vegas, living there at the time, and I, and I, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I, I, I sparred this guy. He's really good, and he's going to be the next big thing. And then he gets rocked, and everybody at the party is looking at me like. <laughs> what do you know like, just like he said what do you know and the long you know long story short obviously we're there um so that was a really tough fight but yeah you know, he showed resolve he got he got cracked by a, a more mature guy more he was 19 you know so he, you know, different kind of power different kind of man strength i don't think he was fully developed yet maturity wise um and then the, uh, the the jose i'm sorry the miguel cotto fight miguel is a great jab he won a very underrated jab i remember his fight with shane mosley where he out jabbed shane mosley and i was like wow this is this is something I know, Paul. You can speak way more about this. You, you've been in the ring with both of these guys, but Cotto had a fantastic left jab and he used it very well against Canelo. And that's one of the things that has given me that's given a trouble throughout his entire career. When guys have good, consistent jabs, and, and uh, Miguel Cotto did did showcase that. Definitely, Canelo won that fight, but it was a tough fight. And uh, Cotto is one of those guys who gave all, all those guys tough. He he gave with a tough fight too. blighted his nose because of his jab. He's got a very very educated left jab.
1: Yeah, and Miguel is a converted southpaw, so he's a natural left-hander, and you can actually feel the heaviness of his jab. I always tell people, you know, I would remind people because I, I I was I remember getting hit from jabs from Miguel Cotto and thinking to myself, Am, am I? Is this for real, dude? is this for real? Like, this thing feels like a right hand. Like, it's it's like a cross. Is this for real? And uh, then, as I watched him more and more, I saw him drop Josh Claudio with the jab. I saw him drop Alfonso Gomez with the jab. So, you know, he was, that power was real, not just for me. It was for real for a lot of people. And I think it bothered Canelo a lot in that fight. It was a fight where Canelo had to think his way through. I think, ultimately, Canelo's natural size difference, uh, the advantage that he had, played a little bit of a role in there. Uh, Cotto fought him at 154 pounds. Cotto was a good enough boxer, ex-Olympian that, you know, he still made it competitive, but you know it was sort of a passing of the torch kind of fight you know where, where canelo was younger fresher, bigger and uh, he was gonna do do the job but miguel comported himself well in the fight and and, and I, I think it's a fight that miguel thought he won but but uh you know i, I think uh, canelo had a, a you know a little bit too much size for him but it was a good competitive fight and it was you know it was worth your pay-per-view money you know it was one of those with jose miguel yeah it was just one of those things he's young he got hit with a stupid punch that he didn't see coming probably you know you're a lot of times, when you're that young, you're trying to set up punches. You're not, and you're not thinking about what's coming back. You're just thinking about, you know, the things you're going to set up. You're, you're a little bit. There's too much testosterone. You're young. You know what I mean. You're just, you're just uh, on that adrenaline rushing. And he got hit with a right hand. He didn't see coming, and he got rocked a little bit. Whatever. Let's not forget, he came back to stop Jose Miguel in the same fight. So, so you know, and he not only did he adjust, but he adjusted with power. So, but you know, these sometimes the tough fights are also learning experiences, and that's uh, that's that's sort of. What uh, what allows you to keep maturing your and 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 making your way up the ladder? I think uh, Canelo's wins over both Cotto brothers. Yeah, uh, were both learning experiences actually because Miguel had a, an excellent disciplined jab. It wasn't like a stinging rubber band jab like some other guys might have, but it was. It's a very disciplined, well timed, well rhythmic, well 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 rhythmed if that's a word, rhythmed jab. And uh and uh, uh when Jose Miguel, you know, uh it was uh, again a, a veteran, an ex world title challenger that he was fighting facing, and is still in his teen years. So uh, good experiences, but tough experiences. But the, the ones that you come through if you're gonna be a star, which kind of
0: Uh, obviously is and became all right well we're coming to the end of our show we got a couple more fights to go through but first don't forget wednesday night is your fight night pro box tv is your boxing channel september 6th is the next card it's going to be a good one so take a look wednesday night fights
2: Hey guys, make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights here on Pro Box TV. We got great action fights, 50-50 matchups and all-out wars throughout. We have consistently put on the best fights around.
1: Good fighters, great fights on your boxing channel with the star-studded cast bringing you the fight. Myself, Chris Algieri, the former world champion, and of course, Mike Goldberg.
2: So make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights for all the action.
3: As Goldie likes to say, here we go. This Wednesday, September 6th, live from the Pro Box Event Center in Plant City, Florida, it is Wednesday Night Fights,
0: featuring Hot Rod Radovoj Kalajic versus Mickey Ellison. Get your tickets at ProBoxTV.com or take your chances at the door. Wednesday Night Fights. Man, good fighters, great fights, great commentators in English and Spanish, everything that a boxing fan wants is here at Pro Box TV. So subscribe, it's not hard to do. Uh, so, guys, uh, we're coming t- towards the end of the show. Two more fights because we were running short on time. But uh, Triple G, I'm sorry, Canelo really struggled against Eraslandi Lara. And, of course, he struggled big time against Bivol, um, which was just last year, I believe. So, Chris, the the Eraslandi Lara fight was a split decision. Uh, one of those judges probably had it crazy for, for Canelo. But Lara gave Canelo a tough fight, Chris.
2: Yeah, and I think he exposed a lot of the issues that Canelo still has trouble with to this day. You know, to this day everyone always talks about your trouble with salpaws, your trouble with guys who box, your trouble with jabs, um, all things that Arizona Lauder did fantastically. I mean, he was a southpaw, obviously. Um, he had good enough power in that left hand, a nice sting. He had a good jab. He was tricky enough. He was very slick and and, and uh, slippery, so he wasn't getting hit with those big hooks. And it just showed you, especially at that time, in that part of Canelo's career, um, that there were some lapses. He was showing his offense a little too much. And a guy who was adept at, at avoiding that and being elusive uh, was able to get out of the way and not take too much damage in the fight. I think I went back a few years ago and, and, and rescored it. and I think I had Lara winning that fight, um, and I think a lot of people did. And, and this is the fight that's always brought up when anyone talks about how you know what what the game plan is to beat Canelo Alvarez. So uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, I think a big eye opener for for a lot of people. Um, but again, I, I I tip my hat to Canelo because the guy just keeps moving. Like I, I he didn't he, he takes his losses and just or or even tough fights and gets gets criticism and he understands that the news minute and boxing is whatever what have you done for me lately and just keeps moving forward and and getting wins and racking them up um you know Canelo has been uh, we call him the face of boxing and and the money train but truly his career has been a train he's on its track and just keeps it moving so uh yeah I mean Lara is one of those one of those guys he's given everybody trouble no one no one's had an easy time with him but Canelo had an exceptionally hard time with him and I think a lot of experts had Lara taken that
1: fight yeah, you got that right, champ. Keeps it moving is the right phrase. He kept it right on moving. Didn't want to look back. Didn't ever want to see Lara again. Didn't even think about a rematch. Didn't care what anybody said about wanting to see a rematch. Goodbye. See you later. Actually, never see you again. I thought Lara won the fight as well. Um and um, it was a good competitive fight. I mean, listen, you can make a case for either guy winning. It wasn't like, but it was one of those where dude, you gotta see a rematch. I mean, you gotta just see a rematch just for the sake of of seeing if Canelo will learn against that style. And as a matter of fact, you made a good point. If these are the, these were things you were seeing in this fight where. Now against Mayweather, he was young, but you don't have that experience, your excuse anymore against Lara. Now he's a bonafide star against Lara. He's a bonafide you know, uh, champion against Lara. And you know you expect him to have overcome some of these deficiencies against movers and slicksters and whatnot. And remember, Lara is a boxer in the old mentality of the Cuban system, where the computer scoring system was in the amateurs. Lara was a touch-and-go fighter, touch-and-go fighter, but he had a very, very accurate cross. I remember during the fight watching, and I'm like, I'm thinking... Man, if he just throws a damn left uppercut instead of a left cross, I mean, Canelo was just waiting for one. He's sitting on one because Canelo was just kind of starting to reach in and just had his head right on a platter. But Lara doesn't throw uppercuts because he's so computer-systemed out. He's just ones and twos. Wah-wah. Wah-wah. And he's sharp, moving in range. wah, wah You know, or just quick crosses. Wow. And you know what? Well, what do I know, man? I mean, Lara is a better fighter than I was, right? So, yeah, maybe if Lara tries to throw an uppercut, maybe he's going to get hit with a top of the right hand. Who knows? But I remember just looking on the outside as I'm commentating. I'm like, man, I mean, he's catching little Canelo with some of these sharp left crosses. If he just switches it up, because Canelo's almost looking for these crosses, just switches it up and comes from underneath. Man, he will hit him lovely. I don't think he ever threw it. And Canelo obviously had his own form of uh, uh, success in the fight, too. Uh, it was a good fight. But... Yeah, I mean, you talk about the star boxing. It goes back to the bigger chip stack again. You get to say, no, I'm good. I'll rob you and leave. And, or I'll get the controversial decision. Well, let's not call it a robbery. Let's call it a controversial decision, and I'll leave because I don't want to see this style again. Or in the Golovkin situation, you know what? I got you. I'm going to come back when you're a little older. And uh, that's why I'm very, very curious now what happens with, if he fights Benavides? because now Benavides is at an age where the f- tables are turned now you can't age out of an opponent because now you got a guy who's younger than you. So are you going to fight Benavides or are you going to not going to fight Benavides because you can't age him out? Because he would go off and he aged him out. Well, Lara he just went the other way and never fought him again. What happens with Benavides? This is uh, again, uh, the, the track record kind of makes you curious about what he's going to do in this situation. Let's not overlook Charlo. Cause like you said, champ. And like I said, as uh, well, what kind of suckers? We we complain when they first sign a fight, but then we're like, oh man, I can't wait for this fight, you know? So we'll wait for the Shahla fight now. <laughs> all
0: right, guys. The last fight we're covering was May of 2022. Canelo had already moved moved up to 175. He beat the Crusher Kovalev. He matched up against Dmitry Bivol and uh Chris. I think he bit off a little more than he could chew in this fight.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was there that night. I was working the undercard for uh, for DaZone, I believe. And, and I was doing an interview with, with some of the DAZN guys and they were asking me and they were t- talking about as if, as if it was a foregone conclusion that Canelo was going to win the fight. And they're like, does this is the question? Does Bivol stand a chance? And I remember like I, I turned and looked. And I was like, does he stand a chance? I'm like, he can very well win this fight. And I was thinking really probably going to get robbed. But uh, he, he he's he's in this fight very much. He's big. He's young. You know, uh, we, we've seen Canelo at that time. He went up to 175 and he beat Sergey Kovalev. Kovalev was very late in his career, older, slower. And also they, ca- they caught him in a window, very, very close to his last fight against Anthony Arbush, a very, very tough fight. And they wanted to get him while he was, because he's got uh, some out-of-the-ring proclivities that would, that were, that have been zooming around the world that they knew that it would take a while for him to get back in shape. Um, they kind of jumped on him the way that, that Leonard did against the Duran in the rematch. Um, and so he, he, they took advantage of that opportunity maybe didn't would have made a difference because Canelo fought a, fought a great fight and found his holes and actually knocked Kovalev out. And I think he got a little high on himself in terms of what he can do at 175. And you know, we beat Kovalev. All right, let me try that with a younger version of, a, of another Russian fighter. But quivel is an entirely different animal than, than Sergey Kovalev. And a lot of the things that gives Canelo trouble, the jab, the in and out, the defense, um, the physical size, uh, the fact that Bibble can take a punch. Because that was one thing that I really noticed in that fight was he he couldn't hurt Bibble at all. When he was throwing these looping big bombs and Bibble, some of the shots would hit, whatever, he blocked them really, really well. He was strong enough that even the, the arm punches weren't affecting him. Because we've seen Canelo break guys down by their arms. He, you know, uh, Callum, Callum Smith, you know, he 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 broke down his arms and, and that's actually what ended the fight for basically our end of the competitiveness, competitiveness of the fight. But yeah, Bibble was just all wrong. And I don't think that Canelo, any Canelo ever beats that 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 version of that guy. Um like I said, the in and out, the good jab, the fact that he doesn't overcommit. Paulie and I did a really good breakdown of of Canello Canelo and and uh, and Charlo and we spoke about a lot of the things that that Charlo needs to do in order to not uh get get beat by by Canelo. And there were things that Bibble does really well and were showcased in that fight. So I, I and yeah I don't I don't think there's ever a version of Ken Alvarez that that beats a Dimitri Bivol.
1: I agree champ. You know with Bivol he he's tall he fights tall he fights at range. He's uh he he's uh, quick to the trigger when he knows what he wants to do and he gets it done. Um, it's funny because you you mentioned how Canelo kind of chose and picks, chooses and picks little moments because he's got all the power on the politics. He can choose and pick little moments when he can get you at the right time. You know, he did it to Golovkin with the third fight. He did it to Kovalev when he noticed he might be susceptible. He did it there. He picked wrong against Bebo. Let me tell you why. Okay, he there's a reason why he didn't go after better Biet. Bitter, Bia. Bitter Bia looked like a destroyer and never had a weak moment. So he's like, I'm not going after this guy. But he thought because Bebo got hurt against Joe Smith late in that fight, he thought, you know what? This guy's hurtable. This guy's a little bit... Bit weaker, and if Joe Joe Smith hurts him, which little as you know, Joe, we're from New York. Joe, the only thing Joe Smith can do is punch. That's one thing he can do, you know. And and so you know, he hurt Bebo, and, and and I think Canelo looked at that fight and said, you know what, this guy's a little bit susceptible. I'm going to go after him. Wrong, 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 wrong. Canelo Bebo was fought at a pace. Bebo fought accurately, Bebo is strong, and Canelo can never get Bebo to sort of settle into the pace that Canelo wants to fight, because Canelo sort of forces you when he, he's so strong, and he's and he's tricky, like you said, he's tricky with that head movement, he's tricky in some of the punches, he sort of forces you to fight at his pace, because he doesn't like to fight at a fast pace, he couldn't make Bebo respect him, and reversal. So Bebo fought dictated the whole fight. He decided when it was time to fight and when it was time to rest the whole time. And it wound up, as you guys, everybody saw the fight. uh, The second half of the fight was pretty much Canelo is hanging around on the ropes. Almost not even... Almost just looking to go the distance. I mean, late in the fight. I mean, I was watching this guy and I'm like, he's actually just wants to go the distance. He's not even trying to win anymore. I mean, Bebo took the fight out of him completely. I agree. He cannot beat Bebo. Size also is a big difference here. You know, I mean, he's a 175 pounder. You know, sometimes you bite off more than you can chew. There's weight classes for a reason. And I think. You know, there are uh, while Canelo showed that there are guys at 175 that he can beat when he beat Kovalev. There's also certain guys he stay away from, and uh, I think Bebo one of those guys. And although Bebo probably wants that big rematch for high money, I think Canelo is one of those. It's going to be one of those Lara types where you look in your rearview mirror and say, you know what, I'm not making a U-turn for this one. I'm just going to go
0: right straight on through and then see what else is going on. What a resume for Canelo Alvarez! 63 fights, and why are we talking so much Canelo? His 64th fight is coming up September 30th. Showtime pay-per-view against Jermel Charlo, and stay tuned because the champions here are going to break down a big fight preview of that fight. You don't want to miss that. Chris, Pauly, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. This is ProBox TV, your boxing channel.